All right, guys, welcome to the August roundtable call. Uh, I can't believe it's already August. Um, it's uh, The summer has flown by. I know for many of you guys, you've been going to camps and retreats and uh, missions trips, all kinds of stuff, and so I'm sure you're uh, all a little bit uh, ready for school year to get going, and I've seen lots of uh, back-to-school bashes and blitz and all kinds of stuff, so I'm sure you guys are all a little bit tired. Uh, this morning, and so I know a lot of guys are going to be listening to the recording on this one as they are recovering from last night's uh, all-night extravaganzas. So, but we're excited to uh, kick off this new school year. We've got a lot of stuff planned for you guys, uh, and hopefully we can continue to resource you and provide content that uh, helps you grow as a leader and as a youth pastor and, and helps you uh, reach those students. But uh, as always, uh, man, this is just an opportunity for us to come together and uh, bring some leaders together and just talk about ministry, talk about what's going on uh, in uh, the world of youth ministry and just kind of sit around and talk and discuss what's going on. And so today uh, I know for sure um, it's going to be a little bit lighter on the call. Uh, and so, man, I would love for this to be a little bit more uh, dialogue than usual. Um, but uh, feel free to write down your questions and Paul and I will uh, definitely want to hang out with you guys and talk a little bit. So I don't know if you guys are excited as I am about football season coming up in just a few short days. Paul, are you excited about football season? Well, yes, I am. So it's either in my house, it's either roll tide or go Irish. Okay, well, well we're, we're going to fight because uh, I am going to the USC-Alabama game in just a few days. So uh, I'm well, excited about I apologize about... for your loss early. <laughs> Unfor- <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not I'm – not too uh, on the edge of my seat expecting USC to win that one, but uh, I'm excited to go to the game. Uh, so it, living in Oklahoma, I don't get to go to USC games very often, so uh, yeah. I'm excited about this one being in, in Texas and getting to go down there. So, um, But, uh, yeah, we're just uh, excited about football season, excited about the school year. Uh, there's all kinds of great stuff about the school year, so it's fun. Uh, a couple of announcements for you guys. Uh, VSO, we are officially booking uh, youth services for the school year. Uh, so if you would like for us to come out, uh, either myself to come out um, and speak and do some leadership training, something like that for you guys, I'd love to do that. Or uh, if you are in the Oklahoma area, we'd love to come out and do um, a worship service for you. Uh, we can do um, any any amount of the service for you. We can do the whole thing or just a portion of it. We'd love to to work with you guys on that. You guys can email us at info at victoryleadership.tv, or uh, you guys can just text me uh, if you are interested. Also, mark your calendars for next month's call, which will be September 29th. September 29th, we'll be meeting again at 10 o'clock Central Time. Uh, also, I want to apologize. We've been having some technical difficulties with our website, um, and so we have not been able to get it updated as much as we would like. Uh, I know I talked about getting a survey out to you guys last month, and we were not able to do that. So we're trying to uh, get those fixed and, and get that back up and running. Um, but uh, hopefully we can get that resolved here quickly. Um, but uh, the, youth, the, the website is yproundtable.com. Uh, hopefully we can get you guys uh, information here shortly. 
uh, once we get those issues resolved. But uh, on the call today, uh, I, this will be the first time that I get to share a little bit, um, but we also have uh, my, my good friend Paul Turner. Uh, he and I met on a youth pastor's Facebook group, uh, and we just kind of got to talking over through that, and we did um, a series of blog posts together uh, a few years ago and, and uh, have just stayed in touch together and have been working together on on a book uh, and so but Paul has been in ministry for uh, man I think since the dinosaurs uh, were around um, is that about yeah. right Paul yeah my first youth group was like cavemen and cave women and <laughs> clubs and rocks and yeah <laughs> so I read off a tablet you know. <laughs> now you now you are still reading off a tablet uh, now I am. Now it's just full circle. That just shows you, you know, that life goes full circle, right? <laughs> That's right. So, but over 25 years of youth ministry experience, uh, just a great leader, uh, has a passion for uh, youth mentoring, has a, has a YouTube channel, which I'm sure you'll talk about a little bit as well, um, active blogger and uh, writing curriculum, things like that for youth pastors. And so really encourage you guys to connect with Paul uh, outside of just this call. Uh, he's currently the youth pastor at Pleasant Grove Assembly in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, is excited to be here with us. And I'm excited oh, to yeah. have you on the call. Uh, so Paul and I uh, have uh, been working on a book together. It's called uh, Prepared for Impact, and we are shortly here going to print hopefully uh we're hoping to have it done um by now but uh we uh, are still in the final hopefully the final final stages of uh editing and so we'll get this thing out to you guys here shortly uh we're hoping that like i said hoping to have it done for you guys but uh it not quite done uh but really the heart behind the book was just that you know youth pastors are young and they're energetic and they're not not as calloused or uh you know scarred by ministry and they like we are like we are yeah right you know and so youth <laughs> pastors have these huge dreams they feel like god is calling them to change the world uh and, and they're all eager and they've got all they just they've got so much vision they don't know what to do with it uh and that they often don't know what to do with it and so uh the the whole premise of the book is is really helping um, guys and girls just like you guys um, and myself and Paul, uh, you know, how do we take those visions, those dreams, those things that we really feel like God is asking us to do, and how do we actually make them happen? And um, it's, it's really not always fun, the process of taking a dream and making it happen, but uh, we're just really looking at it, and the book is really devoted to um, helping people figure that process out of, of how to take that dream and make it happen. So, uh, Paul, I'm going to let you jump in first and uh, take it away, man. If you want to introduce yourself a little bit and then jump right in. All right. Well, hey, thanks, uh, man. I appreciate it. Um, pleasure to be with everybody today, uh, whoever there might be listening. But uh, my name is Paul Turner. Like I said, I've been a youth pastor uh, for a little over 25 years, not in the same location, by the way. Uh, but over the course of time, and um, and uh, like Ryan said, I enjoy uh, I enjoy young people. I enjoy uh, ministering and loving on kids, and uh, and very you know over the years have grown um, uh, you know just loving youth workers. You know where it's kind of a natural progression. You know you love you love teenagers, and you know then you start to love the people that work with them, 
and so you just uh, find ways to minister to them. Uh, like Ryan said, I do have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Jedi for Hire where there's over 300 videos uh, that you can watch that are training videos and things like that. So we talk about room design. We talk about all that stuff. And, um, and so, yeah, so for me, uh, youth ministry is always uh, and is still uh, a challenge uh, and, uh, and being able to be able to minister to young people. So, um, and I know, Ryan, we're talking about, we're talking about our, um, we're taking uh, a look at our book, uh, and we don't want to share a bunch as far as too much. We don't give like you know, talk too much information. But um, but at least for me, one of the I'll just share just maybe a couple of thoughts from the principles that we kind of uh, came up with for planning and things like that. Because if if we don't have a plan, if we don't have a plan of where we want to go, it's hard to get there. Um, you know where we see kids, where we see the vision of our youth ministries and things like that. So let me share. Uh, for those who are listening, it doesn't. These are principles whether you're whether you're older, an older youth pastor or a younger youth pastor. Um, and I would say the first one is this: I would say examine slowly and act quickly. Um, many plans, I think, die on the vine uh, because we we go into what's called analysis paralysis. We just study something to death, and um, and so for me at least. You know, I would I would have to research and do all this, you know, find out. And I still do this. I still do my homework. We should all do our homework. But once we have come, I think, to a clear conclusion about something, I think we have to act quickly on it. I don't think, I mean, the longer you study something, I mean, that's what, to be honest with you, that's what the government does, and that's what other organizations do. If they don't want to act, they'll, they'll create a study. So we're going to study this some more <laughs> when, when the answer may be right in front of them, and they just don't want to do that. And, and uh, so if you have a plan, you have a dream, you have a goal, first of all, examine it slowly. Ask, ask all the questions. Ask all the hard questions. Uh, even if you don't like where they're going to go, ask them anyway. And, uh, and then once you, have a, once you have gathered the information you think you need, uh, then go ahead and you know, pull the trigger on that. Pull the trigger on that, whether it's an event uh, or, a, uh, or a retreat you want to do, or just something that God's dropped in your heart, you know, do ask the questions and do that, and then suddenly, you know, um, when you're ready to act on that, you know, go ahead and act. Don't, don't, wait, don't wait longer than you have to uh, or that you should, uh, just because I think people, for the most part, our young people, our parents, um, the church, are waiting for us to act. They're waiting for us to, uh, to do the thing that we said we were going to do. So study, examine, ask a lot of questions. Uh, but when you reach that point where you feel like that's, it's time to do the thing, do the thing, and move forward, you know, boldly, which uh, would lead me then <clears throat> kind of the, to the next uh, uh, principle that I would say is this, is that failure is overrated. Um, a lot of times we don't want to push forward because um, we, we're afraid that we're going to fail. Uh, and I say if you're going to fail, fail boldly, fail early, fail often, uh, and, get all, and get some of that stuff out of the way. Uh, so that you can be able to find out, you know, who you are. And listen, everything, everything, any success that I've had um, in, in anything is due to a copious amount of failures uh, that I have had. Go, go back and watch some of my early YouTube videos. I mean, I, I look like a, a, a prisoner in Russia, uh, you know, being forced to talk or something. Um, you know, they're, they're not, you know, a lot of the early stuff is always bad. The early stuff is never your most stellar 
product or your most uh, uh, you know inventive thing. It's just it just put it out there, and um, and so you know I think my personal you know fear of failure of not wanting to fail. I mean, I, I hate failure with a complete passion. I will, I will do everything to avoid it if I can, and maybe that's what makes me work so hard or study hard or hustle hard or whatever that may be. Um, but once I do fail, once I try something new and it does not go well or, or whatever that may be, uh, I think the key is that we have to learn to move past that and go, you know what, failure is not, uh, you know, the, the old slogan says that failure is never fatal and failure is never final. And I think that's so critical and so key, no matter what you're in, whether you're a youth pastor or a businessman or whatever role or responsibility you may have, is that the, the option of failure, they say option is not a failure. And I say, well, option is, is certainly a failure. Uh, so, I mean, failure is certainly an option just because, um, you know, if you don't fail at some point, you're never going to learn. Uh, you know, success only teaches you so much. Uh, but failures, the places where we mess up, the places where we uh, where we don't get something right or whatever that is, teaches us to dig a little deeper, uh, study a little harder, uh, work on our skill set. Uh, you know that we need to work on as youth workers, um, and then and then we learn from those those failures. We learn from the things that you know did us in, or uh, you know after being um, you know uh, I look in my past and I look at you know churches I've been in and it was too too you know people I don't know Ryan people are going to start thinking that I brag about this but you know I was you know let go from two churches not because I was morally uh, you know I did anything moral or illegal or anything like that uh, you know it just was one of those things where it wasn't working out and uh, you know that happens in churches um, and then I but I'll tell you what I took those two things. Uh, those two times when, when I did that happen to me, I was at church for 40 weeks, and it happened, and I went to another church and was there for two years, and I almost didn't go back to the ministry. Um, I took a four-year break from, uh, from full-time church ministry with the expectation that I would never go back, and then uh, I just said to myself, I said, I just don't feel like, and I feel like the Lord did some healing with me and some other things that I just didn't want to, you know, I learned something from those failures. I, I just, failure was so awful. Was, I mean, there's nothing worse than going home and telling your wife that, you know, you're not at this church anymore, you know. Uh, it's not, you know, in both cases, it wasn't something we saw coming. And so when it happens, uh, you know, it is a, from a husband point of view, from a, uh, you know, from a father point of view, uh, it's even a worse kind of failure because you feel like you've let your whole family down you know, either a breadwinner or whatever that may be. And so for me, as one who has experienced failures at its, what I would call its, its peak levels and in, in what I would say for me is, um, I determined that I was going to figure out how to stay at a church long term. And the first church I, I stayed at after that, I was there for five years. And now the church that I'm in currently um, uh, and then when I, when I, the first church was five years, and now I'm going into my seventh year at the church that I'm currently at right now. So that's, um, that's a, uh, uh, that's a big deal for me. I mean, that's a big deal for, for, to learn from that failure and say, you know what, failure is overrated. It didn't kill me. It put me in very awkward positions. And, uh, but ultimately, if we will look at our youth ministries and say, you know what, it's okay to fail a little bit. It's okay to try something. It's okay to, 
to, you know, we can't take it so hard and so personal um, that it debilitates us and cripples us uh, from trying and doing anything else. And I think we have to be, you know, um, carried a little bit lightly and not carry it so heavily that our failure is, um, you know, the end-all, be-all, that this thing didn't work and that didn't happen, that our God is bigger uh, than any of our failures. Hallelujah. Um, you know, that yet God picked us up, scrapes us off the ground, uh, we put ourselves back together, and we get back up, and we walk up straight, and we, we figure out how not to fail. Like, we, you know, we, we learn to, fa- to fail in new ways is, is what we do uh, as we get older. We just, the great thing is, is you learn not to fail the old ways, and you have to then figure out new ways to fail. And so that's probably where I'm at right now is, uh, is trying to figure out uh, new ways to fail versus going back to repetitive things that hurt me uh, in the past and those things. You get past those, and you move on. And uh, and do those things. So I would say those are my those are my probably my two um, uh, you know my two key points is uh, is just to be able to examine and then pull the trigger on what you're doing, uh, ask all the hard questions, talk to all the right people, and then go forward. And then if you fail, it's not it's not the end of everything. It's uh, it's an opportunity that you have to say what works, what doesn't work learn from those experiences, and then be able to uh, trust the Lord um, that, you know what, uh, Lord, teach me. Uh, teach me not to fail the same way. Teach me to fail in new ways uh, that I might, uh, you know, bring glory to you and not to me. So, but, uh, but those are, my two, those are my, my two principles, I think, that are key in the planning process is we won't do certain, we won't execute on our plans. If, we, if failure, well, we can't fail. What if this fails? Well, go do it anyway. Try it anyway. I've, you know, I've done a ton of them. Uh, you know, I think we've got to be able to do that and say, you know, fail new ways. But, but that's, uh, those are my thoughts on, on why I think the book, why we wrote the book in the first place, is we want to be prepared to make an impact on students. And you know what? Students also need to see us and how we fail. You know, if students don't see, if students only see success, in everything, if they don't deal with failure early on in life and how to and how to maneuver with it and roll with it, um, you know, then they're going to be um, hampered in the future. Uh, that everything is supposed to be sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. Uh, you know what? That you know what? If a, an event fails, fail together, and then talk to your students and go. You know what, kids? This did not, this did not work how we planned. Uh, you know, so let's figure it out from here and get their input and get their help and, uh, and move forward and not try to, um, you know, impress anybody, really try to figure out a plan that works and then everybody work the plan. So, but, uh, but those are my two, uh, Ryan. I know that you have some principles in there as well since we did co-write the book together. Uh, you know, those are just two of my principles um, that I put in there because I thought, thought they were valuable to youth workers, whether they're young or old, to be able to, to navigate and do those things. So, um, but we'd of course love to hear your perspective, Ryan, on uh, on those on those principles that you've put in. Yeah, that's great, uh, Paul. Let me just ask you a couple questions before I, I jump in, real quick. When when um, you know you said you know examine slowly, execute quickly, you know the kind of thing. And so when when do you know? Uh, when you've kind of examined or studied enough, you know, because you need to get some information and not just, you know, act quickly. But in your opinion, can you some of your your um, experience? When do you kind of gauge, you know, hey, I've I've researched this enough, got enough information to jump in? How do you kind of gauge that for yourself? 
Well, for me, I simply look, I start, if I'm hearing the same things over and over again, if I'm hearing uh, more affirmations or if I'm hearing uh, concerns, and I have to be able to look at those and go, okay, I'm, I'm hearing a pattern here from top to bottom, and that starts with either your pastor or your, your parents or your students. And if you can get, you know, you're not going to get 100%. You're not looking for, uh, you know, 100% agreement. You're kind of looking for consensus. And if you have enough people that are going to join the battle, uh, then go to war. You know, if you've got some people that are signed up ready to go and the minority of people are, for whatever reason, hesitant or cautious, whatever they may be, uh, then those aren't going to be your major players anyway. They have maybe some other ideas or, or, or the way something should go. And they're not wrong uh, necessarily. They just think it should go a different way. Uh, but I think if you have enough, if, you, if it's in your heart, you're trying to find a consensus and say, okay, uh, I'm hearing these things from these people, uh, good or bad, and, uh, and you want to be able to either go forward or not go forward, you know, not based on full and, and total agreement, uh, but a consensus and say, okay, we're gonna, we have enough people. I think they can go and do this. Uh, we're going to give it a shot, and we're going to go from there. But if you, you know, if you don't have it, then that means maybe I need to do a little more work on vision casting. I need to do a better job of, uh, of explaining it. <laughs> I was just reading uh, uh, Creativity, Inc., uh, and the story uh, goes uh, in the story about um, uh, Steve Jobs and his way of, of vision casting or his way of discussing things was uh, if, he didn't, if, he, if he didn't get his way the first time, he explains it to you over again, <laughs> meaning, meaning that we didn't understand it. So he would go ahead and explain it again because obviously you didn't get it, uh, that the fact that he was right. Uh, but I think that's partially true in the sense that we have to do a better job uh, of explaining what we're doing, and that comes through the examination process. And if we're not, if we're not casting the vision correctly, if we're not – framing it up or we're not uh, offering enough details or whatever that may be for us, then we have to examine uh, at our vision casting process and, uh, and go from there. That's great. That's great. So let me jump in here a little bit. So uh, one of the principles for me is you need to know the target and share the target. You need to know the target and then share the target. Uh, in, in Habakkuk, uh, we read this story uh, in Habakkuk 2, 1 through 2. It says, uh, I will stand my watch and set myself on a rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who hears it. And so what we see there in Habakkuk is, is Habakkuk's really trying to seek the Lord for what he's, uh, his next steps are and what God's calling him to do, which I feel like that's where most of us are at. And, and we, we're in these situations where we're asking the Lord, God, what do you want to do? Where are you taking us? And what do you want to do? And it reminds me of, of the movie The Patriot, uh, where uh, you know, you've got uh, this father who's about to go out to war, and uh, he's, he's bringing his young kids in. And he says this line, he says, aim small, miss small. Aim small, miss small. And the, the, the principle of what he's trying to teach his kids is that, that if you've got this huge uh, 
target out in front of you, uh, you're, you're, you might hit it, but you might not hit exactly what you want to hit, or you might not really accomplish much. And so what he's saying there is the smaller the target, the smaller the area that you're trying to hit, the, 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 the more you will get exactly what it is you're trying to accomplish. Uh, and so in 1 Corinthians 9.26, it says, Therefore, this is Paul speaking, he says, Therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly, and I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. And what Paul is saying there is that for his life, for his ministry, he wanted to know exactly where he was going and what he was trying to accomplish. And he knew that. And so he wasn't just running around doing whatever. And oftentimes in ministry, I feel like we, we often do that. We just kind of, you know, whatever the next trend is or, or you know, we, we see on social media everyone's doing a blackout party and so we got to do that or everyone's doing a, a, you know, a war, you know, color war and so we got to do that or everyone's doing small groups so we got to do that or everyone's going on mission trips. And so we're just kind of doing whatever we see around us. And we're not really on a straight line, straight path, hitting the target that God has spoke to us. Uh, and it reminds me of this story. Uh, a, a few years ago, my son and I were uh, hanging out in the lobby of our church, and there was a dartboard up because we were doing a man series, uh, and we had all kinds of pool tables and things like that. There was a dartboard, and at the time, my son was pretty young, and uh, he, he was just kind of picking up these darts and just kind of aimlessly throwing them wherever. And he looked at me and said, Dad, this, this game's pretty boring. And I said, Son, well, because you're not really playing it, right? He said, so I said, the goal of the game is to get this dart and to hit that center red bullseye on there and not just hit the board anywhere. And so he looked at the dart, he looked at the board, he threw it, he hit the bullseye, and he began to jump up and down with excitement, saying, I hit the bullseye, I hit the bullseye. And I, I feel like that's exactly how we are or need to be as youth pastors and helping our youth leaders to know what that bullseye is. That they're not just showing up, hanging out, doing whatever, but there actually is a target. There actually is a purpose for them being here. There is a purpose for us being here and for us to really know what that is. Uh, you know, our our goal isn't just to do another Wednesday night service or to just do another small group, but we need to actually have a vision and a purpose for what we're doing. And Habakkuk says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch and see what he will say to me. And I think it all starts with really sitting down and waiting on the Lord and saying, God, what are you calling me to? God, what are you calling our ministry to? I understand that for Paul in, in Alabama, that's, that's, he's, got a, he's got a direction. Uh, I know for um, so-and-so in Southern California, he's got a direction. And I know for so-and-so in, in North Carolina, they've got a direction. But, but God, what are you calling me for in this time, in this season, in this place, in this location? Uh, and once we've got that, I, th I think there's th three things that we need to do with that, uh, that Habakkuk tells us. The first thing is we need to communicate it. And, and Paul talked about it a little bit, too, is, is that we need to communicate that vision. We need to write it down. We need to get it written down. Uh, in the verse there, it says, write the vision. And so we need to communicate that vision. People need to know what we're going for, where we're going. Uh, you know, just like I communicated to my son, it's not just about hitting the, the, the board, it's about hitting the bullseye. And we need to create what that is. You know, your, your youth leaders are showing up asking, what's the, what's the goal? What's the goal here? Uh, what are we doing? What are we trying to accomplish? And we need to be able to clearly communicate that. 
Uh, and then the next thing we need to do is we need to clarify. The verse says, says make it plain on tablets. We need to clarify. If it's a vision that's so uh, murky, so muddled, uh, scattered, people aren't going to be able to, to, to come alongside and know what we're trying to accomplish. And so we need to make that, that crystal clear. Uh, and then the third thing there is we need to make it compelling. It needs to be something that people actually want to jump on board and get excited about. You know, I mean, people are going to only get excited about, um, you know, blowing up balloons and, and, and popping them for so long. There needs to be something that's actually compelling us to show up for your volunteers to give up another night of the week to come and serve these kids that, that oftentimes, as you know, uh, aren't excited, to, you know, to, or they don't act like they're excited um, and so we need to be have something that's compelling, something that draws them in, um, because God God is uh, compelling. God's call on our life is compelling, but it's our responsibility to communicate that in a clear and compelling way that people draw in. And part of it is it says that uh, we need to get people to run with us. Uh, in that we need to gather some people around us. Uh, Banning Leaps, the director of Jesus Culture, he says, leadership is living a life in over our head. And we are. Youth ministry is over our head. And um, we have been called to the greatest mission on earth, and that is to go out and make disciples. That's a huge mission. That is way bigger than any one of us. And so we need to take that, that, that vision that God has given us, write it down, Make it clear and make it compelling for ourselves so that we give our passion in, that we are excited about what we're doing and where we're going, and then make it compelling for those that are around us uh, so that they can come alongside of us and uh, help us accomplish that. And so uh, my first uh, point there would be that to, to know the target and to share the target. So know it and then share it. Know it and then share it. And my second one would be to plan early and promote effectively. Plan early and promote effectively. Uh, you know, we've probably all been there where we've uh, put in long, long hours for an event, and we're all excited about it. Uh, we've, we've, you know, booked all the places, done all the stuff, and then all of a sudden it seems like no one shows up. You know, it's like that one one kid that shows up for everything, but you're not super excited that they showed up. You know, it's like that kid, and, uh, you know, and, and so, but the, the, the majority of the group didn't show up for whatever reason. And so uh, I, I think planning early is key in promoting effectively. And so uh, I laid out a couple of things uh, is having a master timeline. I think it's really important for us to have a master timeline, and we start with a 12-month uh, outlook. And that, for me, is looking at the entire year as a church, as a community, and mapping out what that looks like. And during that time, it's vital that we have the school district's calendars, that we have the church calendars in front of us. Uh, you know, it's it's really never a good idea that you plan this huge uh, event that you want all your students to show up on the night of prom. You know, I'm sure if you haven't been in youth ministry very long, you've probably been there. Um, but, you know, you plan this big event, and then everyone's gone because they're at prom. And so it's not that they don't want to be at your event. It's just that we did a bad job of planning and preparing. And so having a 12-month outlook, what that also does – 
is it allows you to look at your entire youth ministry and say, what does it cost to be in my youth ministry? You know, if we're doing an $800 missions trip, we're doing a $300 summer camp, we're doing a, a you know, $300 winter camp, we're doing, you know, a, a discipleship camp that costs another $150, all of a sudden, it's not the students can't or don't want to be involved, it's that they can't afford to be involved. So it enables to look at it and say, okay, what's it going to cost this year for a parent to have their kid involved in my youth ministry? And I would, I would suggest that, that we do that so that we can tell parents, hey, look, if you want your student to be fully committed to this youth ministry, we want them in leadership, we want them fully involved, it's going to cost you about $1,000 this year. Um, especially when you start getting into families that have multiple kids, um, it's really expensive. You know, I've got four kids, and if, if my, the youth pastor is saying it's going to cost you $2,000 per kid to be involved, I don't know that my kids are going to be deeply invested in that youth ministry. Not because we don't love Jesus, not because we don't believe in the church, not because we don't believe in the vision of the youth pastor or the youth ministry. It's so that we just financially can't afford to have four kids investing that much money into the youth ministry. And so it gives your youth ministry a cost. Um, and then it also allows you to submit that to your supervisors and begin to say, okay, do you guys agree that this is what uh, you think the youth ministry should look like over the next 12 months or the next year? Um, do you feel like that's a healthy thing? Do you feel like that balances out with the church? Um, is there anything that you would like to see in our youth ministry over the next 12 months. So that's kind of a big picture. It's maybe pretty skeleton. Maybe it's, uh, you know, you know, kind of a whiteboarded kind of a thing, not, not really fine details. Um, but then about six months out, you want to start giving all your teams together, uh, you know, and, and say, okay, this, this camp's coming up, and so, hey, you're going to be in charge of food. You're going to be in charge of transportation. You're going to begin to really detail those things out. And in the book, we give you a link to a what-it-takes form uh, that uh, I've been using for years, and it just allows you to take every event, and it literally is that, what does it take for every event that we do? And so it helps you to uh, improve and, and evaluate evaluate, um, and it enables you to, to list out changes that you need to make. And also about six months out, you're really starting to talk about promotional campaigns. Uh, it helps you with sermon illustrations as well. Uh, you know, it, it oftentimes I was talking with our youth pastor here. He's like, man, so many times the night before I had this huge idea of what I could do, but I just don't have the time to put it together. Well, if you're six months out, uh, you can begin to put some teams together for your sermons, illustrations, some dramas, things like that. Um, and, and putting all that together. And about four weeks out is when you really want to start hammering out every single little detail. And in the book there, I give you uh, an example of how to do that with a sermon series. Um, and so how to fine-tune each one of those. The other thing that uh, I would really suggest uh, in this uh, planning and preparing and, and all that kind of stuff for, for your, your year is to think like a parent. Uh, you know, think like a parent. And I know some of us, uh, you know, I've got a couple kids, Paul's got some kids, and some of you guys on the call uh, have some kids, and so you're beginning to think that way yourself. And so, you know, as a parent, I'm thinking, how much is this going to cost me for my kids to be involved, and uh, when do I plan my vacations? Uh, I remember uh, I had uh, some families in one of my youth ministry, they were in the part of the military, and they had to submit their family vacations 12 months ahead of time. 
uh, 12 months ahead of time. And so if I wanted their kids to be involved, if I wanted them to be involved, I need to be organized and planned enough to give them dates ahead of time so they could plan their vacation. Again, it's not that they didn't want to be involved. They were passionately involved in our youth ministry. But if I didn't give them enough uh, head time, they couldn't get the vacation time. So thinking like a parent, you know, um, caring about the school district and some of their events and what they're doing uh, is helpful. Um, and make the make the information easy to find. Oftentimes, uh, information is hard to find. We go on websites and it's like you know, 15 clicks away, or you know, it's like summer camp form from like 2012, and it's like, okay, well that that's four years old. You know, it's things like that. Uh, just just make it clear and easy to find. Uh, and I would say this. One of the things I love to say is that students don't sign up. They get signed up. Students don't sign up. They get signed up. Oftentimes we think that if we have a sign-up sheet in the lobby that students are going to sign up. And that just doesn't happen. Students get signed up. Uh, and so for us, we have always been a small group driven, and so we make small group competitions. So the small group that has the most percentage signed up by this time will get a free, a free uh, winter camp or uh, free shirts or pizza party or something like that. And so it gets those small group leaders intentionally getting students signed up. Uh, my friend Joseph Kellogg, and, and a roundtable speaker, um, shares a story, and I wrote it in the book there. I talked about how that uh, he used a summer camp. They do their own summer camp every year. And uh, one year they were talking about sign-ups and that they just got kind of tired of, of every year the last-minute push. You know, it's like the deadline and you've got like five students signed up and you need 200, you know, and it's like you've got nobody signed up. And so they just got tired of all of that. And so what they decided to do is they did a Christmas special. So in December, they did a campaign called Buy Your Student Summer Camp for Christmas. And um, so seven months ahead of time, they're doing a Buy Your Son Summer Camp, Buy Your Kids Summer Camp. And uh, they, everyone that, that registered for camp, they put down a deposit, and everybody that did that got a Christmas sweater uh, you know that had uh, you know summer camp written on it, something like that, uh, and a little little gift for them for registering. And seven months before summer camp, his first year doing it, they had more than 50 percent of their students signed up. Fifth, over 50% of their students signed up in December, seven months ahead of time, because they thought early, they prepared early, and they promoted effectively. And so I would just encourage you guys to think think ahead of time, get people around. Uh, it helps you just to gather a team, gets you, gets you a little bit more effective that way. Um, and so those are some of my thoughts uh, on, on that. And so uh, hopefully that's helpful to you guys. Uh, hopefully that uh, can be a little bit more beneficial to you. So, Paul, any any thoughts from you, my friend? Well, I was going to ask you a question. I was going to say, you know, in the obviously in the culture we have here, uh, among social media and everything else, what tools? Um, because what tools are you using? I mean, I think every you know, well, fortunately or unfortunately, every uh, every youth pastor has to be a marketer of some kind. He has to be able to be able to market. He has to be able to cast vision. He has to be able to, and that's all marketing is. Marketing is just casting vision <clears throat> for an event or for something like that. 
Um, but what uh, what other what what tools do you find yourself or your other youth pastors that you find um, in your areas? What what are they doing to get the word out in a creative uh, in a creative fashion? And that could be anything from social media to print to uh, other facets. But um, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just wondering, maybe catch a few ideas myself. Yeah, so and that's a great question, and that's uh, that's one that by the time I actually answer it will probably be outdated, um, unfortunately. Right, right. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, Snapchat, Instagram, stories, you know, all that stuff's changing every day, right? Um, and so, and, and that's what you and I found even writing the book. Cause it was like, man, by the time we actually write this, the things that we mentioned probably aren't even going to be available anymore. Um, but uh, I... You know, it, it really comes down for me, it comes to gathering gathering some of your most vocal, key, influential students and getting them on board. Uh, for example, uh, our youth pastor last night here at our campus, um, he, he did a special thing, and he, he's trying to rebrand, uh, relaunch our youth ministry here in, on September 7th. And so in the middle of the service... He, he said, okay, if you go to these schools, and he named the two or three schools that are right across the street from our church, he said, we have a special meeting for you, and we want you to step out of the service right now and come into this room. He gathered all of them into a room, and so everyone else that wasn't in those key schools that he, he really wanted to hit uh, stayed in for worship, that kind of thing. And he just met with them. He said, look, I need you guys to use your influence over the next uh, two weeks and, and I need you to pass out these flyers, uh, and we need you to use your influence. Uh, we need you to bring some friends, uh, and, and we need you to step up. And then after that, he met with a, key, a few of the key most influential in that group. So promoted it to the entire youth ministry, grabbed a subculture of that youth ministry that really wanted to target it, and then out of that, he grabbed the most influential voices uh, and, and said, look, I need you to use your influence. I need you to use yours. Because uh, out of that, you know, they can use their own social media, whatever that is, their Snapchat, their Instagram stories, their, um, you know, word of mouth. But really, man, I, I think the most powerful thing is someone's car. You know, 100% yeah. of the people that you bring to church will show up to church. Um, and so I think the most influential thing that you can do is to get a kid to say, look, I will, you know, I'm going to get my mom's minivan to go pick up three of my friends. You know, I'm going to use my car to go pick up three of my friends. And so uh, I know we're always looking for the newest, greatest thing on social media and things like that. And um, I think all those things are great. I think they're vital. I think we have to use them. Um, I don't think it's really an option. I think we've got to use them. Uh, but I think the most powerful thing you're going to find is a student that just says, I'm going to use my influence. So I hope, hopefully that's helpful to you, Paul. I don't know if that answered it, but well, what about you? How, what well, are you using? No I, think, no, I think you answered it because I think, I think what happens is I think we, we, you know, and I'll speak for me, is sometimes the attitude is, well, I'm just going to post it, and then everybody should just respond. And say, well, and then our answer is, well, why didn't people come? Well, I posted it, you know, and that was it. And I think you have to go, like you said, deeper levels. That the social media aspect of that is the is the is the um, the sprinkles on the ice cream. They're not the ice cream. The ice cream is the personal 
conversations you have with students and using and sharing the influence the and, and you know we're Christians so we say witness right use your witness use your use the witness of what God's done in your own heart to say look this is why I want people to come this is why I want to be a part and if we're counting on social media alone to do uh, then I think we have inverted the the ice cream sundae to some degree and said well we're going to put the sprinkles in first and then later on we'll do the other and, and I think that's where we we mess up uh, as far as that goes but I think that's so key is using your influence the other thing I would say is as for me uh, I just try to do I think fun is an aspect that uh, you know the older I get uh, I'm trying to stay fun uh, I think I'm fun but then again you know maybe not <laughs> it depends who you ask uh, but for me, like Zip, I'm using uh, the app uh, Musical.ly. So I got on last night, and I don't know if it was meant to. I don't think it was meant in this case to gain more students. It was more to portray and say, "Look, we're gonna have a good time." So I think I did uh, uh, Black Eyed Peas. Uh, Tonight's gonna be a good night. And I just kind of what Musical.ly does is you're basically has like a little karaoke machine. It's a lip sync device where you can kind of sing along and then post your videos and things like that. And I think that's just a matter of uh, showing that you're in touch with your students, you can have a little bit of fun, uh, that not only your students see it, but obviously on social media and other places that other people see it. And say, so, you know what, everything is not uh, come tonight and, you know, fire from God will fall. Well, it may or may not, but, you know, but it's also going to be fun. Uh, and, and fire is fun, so, you know, it'll be okay. So I, I think, but I think the, the point you made is far more critical that you use those relationships and you have a relationship with students, and you're speaking into these lives and, and calling individuals one-on-one -on -one, uh, versus just, well, I'm just going to post this, and everybody who responds, responds, and everybody who doesn't respond, doesn't respond. And I think that goes back to planning. That you're pl that's a, that is a plan, not a, uh, 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 just a tactic. Um, it's a plan where you drill down deeper into your, into your most influential kids uh, to spread the word about something that you should all value. Yeah, to me it just goes back to, you know, students don't sign up, they get signed up. And just putting something on social media is expecting them to sign up um, as opposed to saying, hey, let me intentionally walk you through this and get you signed up. Uh, and, it, and it also, it takes a little extra time, uh, but it also takes, you know, it shows a little extra care uh, because that's when you're going to begin to find out, you know, hey, it's not, it's not that they're not showing up because they don't want to, but maybe they don't have enough money. Uh, and so, and they're embarrassed about sharing it. You know, oftentimes from the stage, you know, we say, hey, if you can't afford to go to, you know, camp, go get this form and and fill it out. And uh, a lot of kids don't want to fill out a form saying, hey, I don't have money to go to camp. Um, they don't want to fill out the form. You know, but if we can get in there, and maybe a small group leader or you are able to get in there and say, hey, what, well, you know, why why don't you go to camp? And um, you know, really get in there, and then you can kind of dig out and say. Yeah, I'm not going because I don't have the money. Um, and then it's like, man, I, let's let's help you out with that, you know. And so, um, you know, another thing that I would do, especially for camps, things like that, we've we've done this is is um, you know, if if you bring a friend that's never gone to camp before, we'll lower your camp cost, 
And if you bring another one, it keeps getting lowered and lowered and lowered. And so a kid can go to camp for free if they just bring four or five friends. Um, and so it's, it's help, it's help, again, it's helping them use their influence and rewarding them for using their influence. I think a lot of times we ask them to use their influence, but we don't reward them for using their influence. Um, and so um, you know, what gets rewarded gets repeated. And so if we want to keep them using their influence, we need to reward them when they do use their influence. Uh, and so those are just coming my thoughts on that. So, uh, man, great, great morning today, guys. Uh, great talking. I know uh, it's been uh, good for us to talk and share. And so, Paul, any last thought as we we kind of head out? Uh, I say just you know I'll, I'll you know a little tool that I am uh, I encourage people to look into that I'm sort of tooling around with. There's this thing called bullet journaling, uh, and I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, but if you look up some videos, it is a, it can be, it could be a very cool organizational tool uh, that you kind of write and you put together. You create yourself. It's not a journal you necessarily go out and buy. It's something you kind of create for yourself that could give you, um, give you the options uh, of putting some things in there that you that are important to you uh, that you can stay organized. Uh, and keep your plans all in one place uh, to some degree uh, without having to go to 10 different apps and, and other things to find out what you're doing. So uh, stay organized. Uh, keep your plans organized. And the more organized you are, the more room you have uh, for creativity. Awesome. Well, Paul, thank you so much for your time. And just a reminder, guys, that we are booking services for this school year. So if you'd like for myself to come out uh, and speak or do some leadership training for you and your team, we'd love to book that. In the Oklahoma area, we would love to come out and do a worship service for you, uh, do some speaking, uh, interact with your students, help you run events, things like that. Also, next month, uh, mark your calendar, September 29th will be our next call. And again, apologize for some of the web site issues we've been running into. Haven't quite gotten it up to up to date uh, like we would like to. Uh, but man, great great talking today, Paul. Appreciate your time. Looking forward to getting this book actually out in print for everybody. Hopefully soon. Yeah, and, soon, uh, soon. That's right. And uh, go Trojans. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> All right, appreciate you guys. Have a great day and a great month, and we'll see you guys next time.